Like, where is your fire? Where is your passion? Where is your cock? Like, I want that from you. I want to feel that part of you. I I need to feel that part of you in order for me to get turned on. wanted to share a cool celebration before the beginning of this podcast and also to just remind you that there are different ways to get involved if you are looking to go deeper than the podcast and that one of them is to take my course on sexuality. It's called Please Her in Bed. It is normally $97, but it is $69 if you use the code Dear Men. That's all one word, Dear Men. If you've been looking for a course designed by women targeted at men who have sex with women, this is a course based on my sex research. You can always go to pleaseherinbed.com to find that or my website. If you're interested in our live Q&As, we have a community uh, through the Patreon. If you want to become a patron to support the podcast at $10 a month or more, you will get access to our live Q&As once a month. That's coming up next week. I believe it'll be Monday or Tuesday of next week. And you could just Google Patreon Dear Men Podcast and that should come up right away. I have a cool celebration this week from a client who signed up um, at the beginning of this year, the beginning of 2023, and he said, I got up this morning, I felt more energized, more enthusiastic, more focused than I have in 40 years. I'm still going dancing four to five times a week. I still have a lot to learn. It is a great experience every time I get out the door. I recently crossed paths with someone on the dating apps that portrayed herself as a young woman. The situation wasn't as it appeared. I still feel good. I am depending on me to feel good, not some cute young woman. I stated that my gut didn't feel right about the situation, and I moved on. It has been a great journey since I began with you two 10 months ago. I just wanted to thank you for starting me on the path. So a shout out to that man. You know who you are, and I wanted to share that with all of you because... It's just incredibly inspiring to watch men. I feel humbled every time I witness men who have felt stuck or um, not good in their body or frustrated or, you know, all of the above and to witness them come more alive and step into their power and just their vibrancy, you know, their humanity, their vibrancy. It is a huge honor that I get to do what I do. So thank you to everyone that has been a part of my world, including you as a listener. And um, I can't wait for you to listen to this episode. Welcome to another episode. I'm so happy to have my women with me today for another Girl Talk episode. It's been a while since we've done one of these, so I'm really excited. And I'm also excited because this is a, a deep concept that feels like it relates to duality in the world. It feels like a deep universal concept that a lot of us experience in a lot of different ways in our lives. So I'm excited to look at this through the frame of sex and relationships, but I think it goes even beyond that and really has, I think, the potential to inspire. So I'm pretty excited about it. Um, So welcome, ladies, to Girl Talk. Girl Talk. <laughs> so happy to have you. Um, I have Nancy and Sarah with me today, and we are talking about 
the either or conundrum, the either or conundrum, which we'll get into. Um, but first, we're just going to go around and say our names, our rough age. And today we're going to do something I like to be seen for in relationship. So when I'm in relationship, what I like to be seen for a quality or something about myself. Who would like to start? Me. You want me to start? Okay, excellent. I will start. Um, my name is Mel. I'm in my early 40s. And something I like to be seen for in relationship is my sensitivity. My sensitivity and my emotionality, the range of what I'm able to feel and the depth to which I'm able to feel it. Yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> lovely. Hey y'all, I'm Nancy. I'm 30. And something that I like to be seen for in relationships is just my intentionality, my thoughtfulness, and being mind, yeah, the fact that I'm mindful of others. Like really mindful. <laughs> A little too mindful. <laughs> <laughs> Can testify, testify. Um, I'm Sarah. I'm in my early 40s. Um, something that I like to be seen for in my relationships um would be my heart and how much um I love and am in relationships. Um, as well as, um, the creativity that I bring to them. Ooh, I like that creativity. That makes me curious to hear more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I I think I'm just going to introduce the concept a little bit and then, then we'll share. So there's a, there's a tendency that we all tend to have in life around desiring something and then immediately limiting ourselves. <laughs> like, oh, I can only have it this way or that way. And I'm going to give a brief um, non-dating example. I can either have a job that I really enjoy where I really like what I'm doing and it's fun and uplifting, or I can have a job where I make a lot of money. So that is an example of the either or conundrum. Either I can have this thing that I want where I think I'll be happy Or I can have this other thing where I might be less happy, but I'll get more of my needs met. That kind of idea. Either it can have this or that. And for a lot of us, it's anathema to think about having both, right? It's like, how could I possibly have a job that I really enjoyed and loved and was uplifted by and where I made a lot of money? It makes our little brain explode. Like We're just like, I don't understand how that works. It can't work. It's impossible. So it feels like an impossibility to us often. Um, and this shows up in the sex and dating and relationship world as well. So we're going to talk a little bit about our experience of this personally. And I am also just want to put it out there from the beginning. I am very curious to hear from you listeners about your version of this pattern. So you can hit me up at dearmenpodcast at gmail.com because I would like to collate the responses of a bunch of men about your experience of this either or pattern, specifically around sex and dating and relationships. So I'm very curious about you. We're going to start with us and hopefully give you some insight as to you know, kind of like a peek behind the curtain as to what's going on for us often in this 
in this realm, but I really want to hear from you too. So just want to put that out there first. Um, so, and I also want to say that, um, particularly for my share, I'm going to be, um, I'm going to be referencing the heart cock matrix, which is a concept that I came up with and we did an entire episode on. And I'm going to touch on briefly right now, just to ground it in, because I think several of us might have something around this topic, but I encourage you, if you haven't listened to that episode to listen to that episode, because we do dive in a little bit deeper in terms of, um, sort of the, the, the man's experience or what we've observed what Jason and I have observed as coaches in our clients related to that pattern. And so at its, at its, you know, core, the heart cock matrix is about two fundamental energies that are expressed in, 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 and and when I say men, it's male body people, anyone who identifies as a man, it's really just about the energetics. So there are two sides. There's the heart side and there's the cock side. The heart side is very, very basically about connection and, um, uh, often about safety. Um, so creating emotional safety and yeah, connection. Um, too much of that can often be ple- people pleasing and, and sort of sacrificing your own needs for someone else. So it's not, you know, a hundred percent rainbows and unicorns, but that is the, the sort of heart side. And then the cock side is, and I use the word cock on purpose because it is a bit provocative. This is, this side is about power and it's about claiming and it's about forward direction and momentum and movement and, desire and, um, and that kind of thing. <clears throat> a man who has lots of cock energy and not as much heart energy is going to be a fuck boy, right? <laughs> like doesn't really care about others, but is really good at driving, leading, um, claiming that kind of just passion energy. And so the dream, right? <laughs> the dream for all of us women is the integrated man who is in the sort of top right of that, which he has heart energy and cock energy. He has both. And, that's kind of all I'm going to say about that. If you're interested, I would encourage you to listen to that episode because we go into much more depth. Um, so that's kind of on the side of, of the men. And what we're going to talk about today more is our experience of this pattern of what it's like for us to be in the place of like, I can only have this or that. And um, we're going to go into some depth around this. And I just want to say, this is our ex- personal experience. Yes, we are, we do represent, I think, a lot of women who've had experiences like this, but we're not saying this is how it is. We're just explaining our experience. These are just our personal experiences of this particular thing. So who would like to start and tell us about their either or? One of their either ors. Often we have more than one, but we're just going to pick pick one sort of substantive one for today. I don't want to go first. If someone else wants to go first, that would be I great. can go first. Okay. Thank you. Well, I'm really excited to be part of this conversation because I think, you know, the either or mindset is very much the way that I see it is very much like uh, it kind of black and white thinking in a way, right? We, and it's, it's very human nature to, you know, it's, it has to be black or white, right? We tend to kind of want to bucket things instead of really seeing the gray space in the gray area. And I think, kind of speaking to what Mel already introduced and everyone has, it looks differently for everyone, right? Everyone has sort of different versions of this though. I think especially as women, we are socialized to believe that we can't have it all, right? We can't have the wonderful career and the wonderful husband and, and the children. And, you know, like we have to choose. That's why a lot of people, a lot of women, you know, 
sacrifice their careers for children or whatever the families are so so on so forth and so and i have my version of i guess we'll speak high level and kind of delve deeper as we go through the conversation conversation i'm sure my version of that as it pertains to dating and relationships is um either dating the hot fuck boy or the nice guy that I'm not totally attracted to and doesn't really, you know, get me wet. <laughs> Just to put it <laughs> very explicitly, right? Like the one I'm kind of like, eh, eh. Like, yeah, I should like you because you look good on paper and, you know, you're a nice guy. Um so that's kind of high level my my experience when it comes to dating and relationships of like oh I have to choose this or that and you know there's nothing sort of in between there's there's no nice hot guy there's either a hot guy that's going that that's gonna ruin my life or a you know a, a guy that's that I know I'm I'm gonna that's gonna be nice to me. I mean, raise your hand if you can relate. <laughs> like, I'm just, I would be so curious in, a, in an auditorium just to see like the number of of women who raised, well, women who are attracted to men who raise their hand. I, I just would be very curious. <clears throat> so yeah, maybe we'll just each go through our, um, our either or, and then we can go into more depth about really what it is like to relate to these archetypes. Um, I'll go next. Um... I remember, um, I, in my early twenties, I was married. Um, but before that I had this idea because I was definitely in this mindset of the either, or like I wanted to have quote unquote fun. Like I wanted to have sex in um a public place i wanted to have a one night stand that i don't remember his name i want to like do all of these things um and have all of these experiences and then find somebody to quote unquote settle down with because i thought it would be here is excitement here is you know, that, that sexy kind of dark energy. And then I have to find somebody, um, you know, calmer and somebody who wants to settle down and, um, be that spouse and that those two could not overlap. That is brilliant. I think that's really well said about the, the, I especially like what you said about, um, the sexy dark energy and then finding somebody calmer. Um, because I feel like there's a lot of truth to that. I think there's a lot of truth to that in terms of just the light and the dark and the duality of, of the universe, to be honest. And what you're speaking to is I have to kind of get my jollies and, and explore my, you know, wild side or my dark side, or like that part of me outside of a committed relationship. And then, because once I'm in that, that's gone. Like, I don't get, I don't get to have that part of me alive and like explored in a relationship. It's like, we, 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 I, th I do think that there's a lot of truth to that as a, um, what is the word? Like as a model of what we think of when we think of particularly the institution of marriage, we're like, Oh, that goes away. <laughs> or like, that's not part of the equation. And so we, 
we actually self-limit. It's not even necessarily just about our partner, although I do think that our partner has to do with it. But I think that you you spoke eloquently to that that experience of I can either have fun or I can be married. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and all exactly. I, I like that you also said you know you started by saying in my twenties, right? It's also that that timeline that we are taught, we're socialized that things ought to be, well, in your 20s, you do this, and then, and then you do this, in your 30s, and then so on and so forth, right? Yeah, that's a great point in terms of the the should timeline. I should be here by this point. I should be there by this point. I should be doing this at this point, et cetera. Um, okay, so my version of this is I can either be with a man where I feel emotionally safe, so I feel really um, expressed, especially around anger, upset, annoyance. Um, Like I can really just be my full, authentic, honest self and be loved and be accepted. Or I can be with a man who I want to have sex with, right? Who I'm turned on by, who I want to fuck. And never the twain shall meet. (laughs) So that's kind of my version is I get to choose. Either I have a man where I feel like really myself and I'm really good friends with, and I feel like really comfortable with, right? That where you can let your hair down and you can just say whatever you want and just be whoever you want. Relax, just like relax, just authentic, just like, blah, here's me and really expressed. Or I can be with a guy where I feel desired and I feel wanted and I feel um, excited by and I feel turned on by, right? Like you said, like Nance, like I can get wet, you know? And I'm like, yes, like I wanna have sex with you. And if, and I can't have both, it's really hard to have both. So, um, I think we all have had some kind of experience with these energies in real people. And what we're going to do now is we're going to sort of, we're going to sort of describe our felt experience of what it's like being with these kinds of men. Um, and, uh, we can specify like, I, I have never chosen to date or, be intimate with um with the 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 nice guy archetype i guess i is how i would say it um but i'm going to but i have someone in mind and i'm going to kind of imagine what it would be like to be in relationship with him and what kinds of issues might come up like what i would be craving that kind of thing so these aren't necessarily men that we've been with but these are just archetypes so that we can share with you our felt experience of what it's like being in relationship with these kinds of men so should we go in the same order? Are you are you ready to answer? Okay, great. Um, so an experience that I had recently of interestingly enough, I encountered <laughs> these two individuals back to back. It's like life universe was sending me just you know this big lesson, which is why this topic has has been on my heart recently. So. Essentially, I, I I recently traveled and I was at the club, <laughs> and there was this gentleman that I met there who was very forward and approached me and was like, "I want to dance with you." Like, come dance with me, and I was like, "Oh my god, okay!" Like, <laughs> hard eyes. I was like, hey. "This nice Frenchman." Um, so. <laughs> This was 
I mean, and anyway, long story short, we ended up, you know, um, hooking up and uh, won't sort of go into those details, but essentially the, the feeling, the essence that I had there was, you know, this is someone that I'm, that gets me going, you know, I've, I've got the hots for this person. And we, we ended up having, well, it wasn't an ideal sexual experience. Um, in the end though, you know, contrast that with, I think it's hard to speak about one without speaking about the other. So I'll, I'll sort of speak, share about the other incident I had or the interaction I had, and then kind of go back and compare those two. But, um, about, I think two weeks later, I went to this conscious dating event. <laughs> so very different atmospheres, right? Even just the environments in and of themselves, right. Are just so, so different. And, and I think point to this either, or right. The contrast, the, the, the Delta between these two. So, uh, you know, two weeks later after the, the club, I went to a conscious dating event and I met this gentleman and, you know, he was, he was nice and he was, you know, he was fine. He was nice. He was fine. We had a good conversation. I felt safe. I, you know, we, we had a good, uh, we had a good chat and all. Um, and eventually he asked me for my number and he asked me to meet up and whatnot. And I remember like leaving and kind of not just not feeling like so excited, but feeling like, Oh, that's someone I should like, you know, this was a conscious dating event or, you know, there's a certain type of person that comes to this event and, you know, he's doing the work, you know, he, he's fine. He's fine. There's nothing, there's nothing subjectively or objectively wrong with him. I obviously, I don't know him that well. Right. Um, but you know, if you ask me now, like who do I, who, who I would, who I feel more drawn towards, it's the, it's the guy from the clerk, you know, like I, even though we didn't have a great sexual experience, it was like, it was actually like not very great. Uh, just for some context, I still think about him. I'm still like, I'm still like, oh my God, you know, like that's what gets me going. And this is this, this kind of like this fuck boy. Um, and I give him more, I think, like fig figuratively more time of day, like more headspace than this other guy that, you know, was nice and I felt safe with. And we did, you know, like mindfulness exercises together and like a, a static dance exercise. And he like asked me a lot of questions and was thoughtful and considerate. But um, yeah, and just, I, I think kind of coming out of the situation and um, I mean I wonder if this is also I don't know that this might be just partly my experience but I, I do feel that there might be a link to kind of other women's experience of this of this which is like like what's wrong with me that I don't like the nice guy what's wrong with me like what like, like kind of digging into do I have like anxious attachment patterns or trying to understand you know da 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 all this about myself and there must be something wrong with me that I don't like the nice guy so there's that um there's that piece of I think shame honestly around it right and uh I the the uh the nice guy I remember he was he was 
balding a bit. And I remember like fixating on that, which again, like there's nothing against men who are balding or are bald. Like there's every, there's a there's a lid for every pot, you know, there's women out there who <laughs> who like bald guys and that's okay. But I remember like fixating on that for some reason and being like, I don't, I don't like that. And I and that is I felt I I feel I feel bad about it, right? But I don't I don't actually think it's about that, right? I think it's really about all the things that I mentioned up until now, right? Um, and I'm only able to kind of understand that and continue to allow myself to unfold what that is with time and and self awareness and and whatnot. But yeah, that's kind of my recent example of, of either or like I can I can either have the fuck boy from the club who I have who I, I want to I had sex with and want to have sex with um gets me going in that way or like I kind of like kind of just grin and bear through the date with the nice guy who's kind of balding who makes me feel safe Okay, several things. First of all, would it even be a girl talk if we didn't talk about the club? So thank you for bringing that in. Of course, um, of course not. And um, also, I really, I think I'm going to bring this in now because it just feels really up. It's like, it's not just about how the nice guy is showing up. It's about the part of you that gets to be expressed or come forward because of what a man is bringing. So when I think about the guy at the club, I think about you kind of like being in your element and being a little bit sassy and being a little bit sexy and feeling desired and like, yeah, like, okay, let's do this. And like dancing and that the, this word has come up for me recently, which I think is very relevant here. Wildness. Wildness is a part of us. Wild fierceness, right? Wildness. And it's such a a primal part of us. And that's part of what he elicited in you. And then there's the nice guy where you feel safe, but you don't have that feeling of excitement or that feeling of like what, you know, what is brought out in you. So I just wanted to speak to that a little bit because I think it's, yeah, it's easy to fixate on it being about these men, like these other people interacting with us, but it's really partly about us. It's about who we get to be with them, who they bring out in us. Do we get to be our full selves or are we just like the nice girl, like the, like the safe sort of beige part of us? (laughs) It's like, there's nothing wrong with that again, but there's more fullness. There's more richness. There's more to be had. And I think that we really crave being all of ourselves. And I think that in some ways, in order for us to be all of ourselves, we need a man who's in touch with a lot of parts of himself. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And also like having that opportunity to, yeah, like explore more of our lighter side and more of our darker side and more like seductive and just, um, um, yeah, seductive piece of us versus, yeah, our own nice side. (laughs) Um, I guess I'll go next. Um, so (laughs) I remember um, I remember one guy that um I was involved with when I was in school and like we interacted with each other a lot and it was always like really flirty and really um exciting and like very mutual. Um 
And I remember one day um, he was like, hey, can we can we go downstairs um, to the to the theater? Because we were both involved in theater and uh, get that tool, that tool that (laughs) that we're that we're looking for. And I'm like, yeah, let's go get that tool. And yeah, just ended up having a whole lot of fun, quote unquote, finding the tool downstairs on the stage. And <laughs> like, that was the only time anything happened uh, physically. But yeah, it was like, it was this like constant back and forth flirting type thing. And it was fun for both of us. It wasn't something like, wow, that was amazing. Similar to what Nancy was saying. It's like, it was fun. Like, I don't, yeah, like, I I don't want to have this, like, long-term relationship with you, but that was hot. That was fun. And that was creative. Um, As both, like, a location and um, a way of communicating back and forth with each other. It was very raw. Um, versus, uh, the nice guy where, um, he was always the guy that like would hold the door and would pull out the chair and, um, just be very nice and very respectful and like doing all the things that I liked. It was, it was kind. I felt respected. Um, and I liked that feeling of being respected, but I didn't feel juicy. I didn't feel like I want to fuck you now. It was more of a, I, I feel respected and seen. Thank you. Namaste. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, it it was a very different feel. And it was definitely kind of, as I spoke to before, like this was a relationship that I wanted to continue. Um, And it was also kind of in hopes that like this was what I saw on the outside and that I could get to know this person better and be allowed to open myself up to more of the like dark, carnal, fun energy. And that that energy was also present for them, but we just needed to figure out how to get there. And in that particular relationship, um, that was not accurate. Like there wasn't getting there. Yeah. (laughs) And so, yeah, it was one of those where I'm like, okay, I need more, but, you know, thanks for our time. But then afterwards, it was very much that feeling of like, I have to pick, I have to pick between these two energies and yeah, like creating that, that question of like, how do I find somebody? And is there somebody that can go between these two pieces? Um, Yeah. That was my experience with it. I really appreciate you naming that, that question of like, is there somebody, is this possible? Cause I think that that is a common place that I have gone to of like, hopelessness. Like, is it even possible? Does this even exist? Is this 
just, am I asking for too much? Is this out of the realm of possibility? And I think that can be a pretty disempowering place, obviously, um, and not necessarily productive, but very common. I think very common, especially when we do have these contrasting experiences. Um, and I think particularly, I don't know about the two of you, but even on the apps, sometimes I will look at, um, like pictures and just think like, I feel like you're one or the other, right? Like, it's like, I hear so many men on the apps where they have like a couple of pictures, not very much information. And I'm like, yeah, I think that you might be fun. I think you might bring some of that, you know, cock energy, but I don't believe that you could hold my heart. I don't believe that you could hold my heart. And then there are these plenty, like many, many of the nice guys where I'm like, wow, like you were saying, Nancy, you look really good on paper. Like I like things that you're saying. And I don't believe that you could push me up against a wall. I just don't believe that I could feel taken by you. And I think that's really, you can't see because this is a podcast, but they are vigorously nodding along with me. The That experience of feeling taken is so primal and it's so satisfying and it's so, um, so desired on my part. And when I don't believe that you could do that and I'm looking at your picture, I'm like, wow, you seem really nice, but I'm going to swipe left. Cause I don't, I don't want to compromise on that. Right. Like I have lots of friends in my life who I feel safe with and I don't bang. But like when I'm looking for a romantic connection, that's a big part of it. Like I need to want to have sex with you. And so there's a lot of weeding out before even going on a date that happens just energetically through the pictures. Um, and that just sense of vitality and life force. And are you going to be able to go there? Right. Are you, are you, are you here? Are you alive? Are you awake? Are you, you know, able to take, take something you want? Um, I'm not talking about non-consensually, but I'm talking about that ability to drive and just to, to, to come towards me. Um, again, if you haven't listened to the Hardcock uh, episode, I think that will elucidate a lot of what I'm saying here. So I'm going to talk about my experience with, um, with two kind of like archetypes. These are sort of amalgams of men that I've been with, um, Chris and David. So, um, Chris is someone that I was, you know, in relationship with, and I felt like, um, he definitely had, had the cock energy, like felt like, yes, I felt desired. I felt desired. I felt wanted. Um, I remember there was one, uh, like, there was one time where we came home from like a movie or we were doing something and he was like, Hey, so do you want to go in the bedroom? And I was like, Hey, yes, I do. <laughs> like there was something really fun and direct and like, just like inviting about it, you know? And it, I could feel his sort of like playfulness, but also I could feel his desire. I felt desired. Right. And I think that's kind of what I'm talking about where, um, when I think about the other guy, when I think about David, it's really hard for me to even imagine him saying that. Like, I feel like he's so sweet and he's so nice. It would be like, well, I don't want to make her uncomfortable. I don't want to make her feel pressured. Um, you know, like, and so when I imagine, when I imagine this similar scenario with David, I imagine like, do to do, like we get home from the movie and we're like, 
changing into our pajamas and getting ready for bed and brushing our teeth and like doing all the polite things. And then maybe if we're, once we're lying next to each other, maybe something happens, but there's not that same, um, Hey, do you want to go into the bedroom? Like, yeah. Like we just got home and you look great in that dress. Like there's just like a fun, flirty, aliveness quality, um, to, to the Chris scenario. However, um, with Chris, I would say that I never really felt like fully myself. I never felt like I could bring all of me. Um, I felt like I felt a little stifled, like, okay, I can, I can push back to a certain extent with this person, but if I go too far, like he's gonna, he's gonna be angry basically. Like he's going to be angry. He's going to shut me out. He's going to attack me, not physically attack me, but just emotionally. Um, and, and it was pretty true. Like when we had conflict, he tended to get really defensive and I felt, um, you know, there's a really sensitive part of me and I felt very much like shut down and very inhibited. And I sort of learned to contain myself and limit myself and not express my full range um, especially anything around anger or, um, yeah, especially anything around anger. Like I am angry with you because of this. It felt like an immediate pushback, like, well, you know, you shouldn't be because of this or, and this person was like really smart and really incisive. So there was also like a speed of response that I was like, whoa, I'm not ready for that level and speed. Like I, I'm, when I'm feeling into the sensitive parts of me, they're often younger and it's not, I can't respond that fast or I can, but I go into a vicious place and I'm like, I don't really want to do either of those. Like I don't want to fawn and I don't want to witch, witch out. Like I don't want to do either of those. And it just feels like it's going so fast. I can't, I can't choose. So, and with David, um, there was a sense of like, you know, like I said, I, I felt like, oh, this is really nice. It's really nice. Like it's very polite. Polite is the word that keeps coming back to me actually. And when I think about it, like a color, it's like beige. It's like, okay, yeah. Like, um, we're, we're doing our thing. We're cooking together. We're, but it's all very polite. Like there's not a lot of fire. There's not a lot of passion. There's not a lot of, um, of wildness. And so when I imagine, you know, being in relationship with David at longer term, I imagine actually kind of like getting angry with him and being like, where are you? Where are you? Like, and again, this is a podcast. You can't see the other women's faces, but they are nodding, also nodding vigorously. Like, where is your fire? Where is your passion? Where is your cock? Like, I want that from you. I want to feel that part of you. I, I need to feel that part of you in order for me to get turned on. I think that's what it is. It's like, I need to feel that part of you in order to get turned on. Like your, your fire, your desire, your ability to access that wildness in yourself is part of what turns me on. So if it's missing, I'm kind of like, do to do, like, I'm just sort of going along. It's hard to describe, but it's just kind of like, it's just sort of, I don't know, dull or, or something, or there's something missing. Like there's no spark. And I want to be very clear that when I talk about a man accessing his wildness and this part of himself, I'm not talking about 
an outrageous demonstration, right? I'm talking about just the feeling of it, that I can feel your power. I can feel your turn on. I can feel your desire for me. And that, that can look any kind of way, including what I, you know, what I mentioned of like, Hey, you want to go in the bedroom? Let's go in the bedroom, which is very different. There's a, you can feel it in my voice, right? It's like, I'm here. I'm present. I'm grounded. I want you. And I'm not going to be crushed if you say no, but like, here I am, which is, which is not really the same as like, I remember one of our clients, someone I knew, this woman I knew said, yeah, when my husband wanted to have sex, he would pat me on the head, like, or like tap me on the, tap me on the shoulder or pat me on the head and kind of like, like, please, like maybe now, like maybe, maybe now. Um, and that is not what I'm talking about, right? The asking for permission, um, the sort of like, yeah, like waiting or like, it's not very, it's not really claiming what you want. It's kind of like, can we, can we do it now? Is it okay now? Are you going to say yes now? Which is very different than like, Hey, let's go do this. You want to go do this? Which is like, I want to go do this and I want to go do this with you. And I'm, I'm kind of, I'm bringing it up. I'm bringing, I'm bringing my cock with me. I haven't left it at the door. So yeah, when I think about, you know, being with David, I I have this sense of, I could do that. And I do feel like, um, there, there would be parts of me that would be much more expressed and much safer for me to bring forward. And I feel like I'd be able to be more of myself. And at the same time, there's this craving and this longing that I have to also feel wanted and feel taken and feel desired. And I, when I think about it long-term, it's not any one thing, but I feel like over time, I would start to build resentment around like, I don't feel wanted. I don't feel taken. I don't feel desired. And that would, I think, have me feel really depressed. (laughs) I think it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen right away, right? It's the kind of thing that would be cumulative. Um, And the reason I want to contrast that is because with Chris, you know, there were, there were moments in our relationship when we would have conflict where I was like, this is so painful. Like I, this is so painful. Like I feel sharp pain, like in my stomach, in my heart, like, ow, this is so painful and awful and horrible. I hate it. And, and it would happen, um, in, in a moment, right? It's like, we're having a conflict and he says something really sharp and hurtful. And it's like, ouch, like it just hurts. And that is different from something that builds hurt over time, which is like being in a relationship with a man where I don't feel wanted and I don't feel desired. And that happens again and again and again and again and again. And I'm kind of like, okay, well, I guess, guess it's me. Like, I guess I should, I should be bringing more of that. And there's nothing wrong with that either. Like, I don't mind bringing some of that to a relationship, but when I imagine it, it, I start to feel like deflated. I kind of start to feel deflated. I feel like a flower that's wilting. Like I'm not being seen. I'm not really being seen or appreciated or um, picked. <laughs> like, you know, you pick a flower, you're like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. I want you. This is not a perfect analogy, but like wanting to feel like I can be um, seen for my beauty and be desired. I mean, I just feel like in the, in terms of the two archetypes, when a man is bringing the heart energy, we tend to feel safe. And when a man is bringing the cock energy, we tend to feel wanted. And again, I'm coming back to, it feels like 
many times I have to pick between feeling safe or feeling wanted. And I don't want to have to pick. I really don't. Like I want, I want to feel both. I want to have both. I want that sense. And I think that often the reason that I, I kind of come back to the, that, that idea of the apps is because that's a place where I see a whole variety, like a lot of, of men at once. And I, and I, I've, I have, I would be curious to hear from you ladies. I have often had the experience of feeling super depressed after going on the apps because I feel like it reinforces this concept that I'm talking about where I'm like, I'm fucked. Like I'm going to have to pick and I don't know what I'm going to do about that because I don't really want to pick between either of these. So would love to hear either of your, your thoughts or reflections on that, that part. Yeah, I've had a similar, I mean, the copy paste, (laughs) exact same experience, swiping on apps and just immediately nice guy, fuck boy, fuck boy, fuck boy, nice guy, fuck boy. (laughs) And, you know, as, as I'm, as I'm reflecting on my own personal experience and also listening to your stories not to psychoanalyze, but I'm going to psychoanalyze because that's what I do, uh, is, you know, the the balance is hard, right, for anybody. And when I think about the, obviously, men, write in, uh, though, <laughs> write in and share your experience, though, when I, as I think about, you know, the, the evolution of masculinity, especially, I don't know, pre-Me Too movement versus post-Me Too movement, right? There's this fear that men have of claiming and being forward and direct and, you know, and it just feels like if you look at the ether, they're just kind of like, just kind of bumbling around almost. And so it's hard to have that, like have both of, you know, what you're naming around the fire, the, the, like making someone feel wanted and also being emotionally safe, right? I guess that's what you would call healthy masculinity. (laughs) Um, and men don't want to, don't want to have toxic masculinity, but they're also not at healthy masculinity. So that's just somewhere in, I don't know, just bumbling around somewhere in the middle there. Um, but anyway, coming back to my own personal experience is, uh, you know, I can relate to all of that and I can relate to, you know, only being able to show very specific parts of me in either scenario and either with either person, right? A, the, the hot fuck boy who I want to have sex with, who's going to ruin my life. And the nice guy who's kind, who's who's safe. And I don't, I'm not that attracted to, but I can feel safe with. And I would say in the first scenario, I I have to be the cool girl. I have to be the cool girl. Like, I'm like, nothing bothered. I'm unbothered. I'm an unbothered queen. You can, you know, I'm not going to, talk about my feelings or emotions i'm not going to draw boundaries i'm just going to be cool and we're going to fuck and it's everything's fine everything's fine everything's fine very well like internally i'm like ah! 
<laughs> it's not fine. I have feelings. I have needs, and you're not meeting them. And ah. And then in the other scenario, to be completely honest, in my own personal situation, my own personal life, I haven't gone there as much. I haven't gone to that side as much because I'll immediately kind of cut things off when I'm like, ah, I'm not. I don't feel excited. I don't feel excited, you know? So I'm, I'm a little bit more well-versed in the hot fuck boy who's going to ruin my life <laughs> arena. Um, but, you know, when I think about, yeah, the, the experiences that I have had of just kind of dabbling on the other end of the spectrum is, yeah, I feel, I feel safe and I feel like I, you know, I can say whatever the fuck I want and uh, I feel more comfortable and uh, I'm not, I'm not like scared of stepping on their toes or saying the wrong things or, you know, walking on eggshells as much. But again, the truth is I, I'm not hanging out there, you know, I'm not hanging out there that much because I'm not, because it doesn't spark joy. It doesn't spark a lot of excitement or inspiration for me. Um, but I'd like to, right? I'd like to. I'd like to be, I, I want those things. I do, similar to you, I want to be friends with my partner, which is not something I've had in a very, very, very long time. I can sort of speak to someone that I felt like was well-balanced, but it's been a really long time um, since I was with that person who I, I would say like embodies both. Um, but I don't know what it would look like now that I'm kind of a different person and have done you know, more of the work and uh, also prioritize attraction more these days um, as part of the package, right? Of part of the part, as part of the package of, you know, uh, being with someone or wanting to be with someone and wanting to build something with someone. But uh, yeah, that's my experience. Yeah. Sarah, I would love to hear your thoughts on this section. And then I would like to move to what you said, Nance, about the more balanced versions that we've experienced or been with or witnessed. Yeah. Um, one of the things that really kind of hit me here is kind of the idea that um, like there's light energy and then there's dark energy um, for archetypes when it comes to masculinity and yeah, that, um, the light masculine tends to look more like a, um, like protective fatherly, um, nurturing, but not like motherly nurturing, but like paternally or, um, nurturing within the masculine. Um, and then that tend to gravitate towards that are the men that are interested and really understanding what it is that women are desiring to be safe, to be, to feel loved, to feel secure. Um, and you can see that in um, not so much rom-coms, but you can see that in television shows. You can see that um, in numerous role models that you see. But then the flip side of that is uh the dark masculine which is definitely that like taking um energy that um yeah that desiring energy and that can also be seen like as an archetype is that um like raping energy that um like 
take what I want, I don't care what you want type energy. And when it comes to role models for that type of of archetype, there's not really positive ones. You have things like Caligula and you have, um, yeah, rape, pillage, the Game of Thrones <laughs> um, type things. And it's it's difficult for for men who are looking into that understanding for women. Like, I I want you to feel safe, and I want to figure out how to desire you, how to to claim you. But I'm not for sure how to bridge it because I am very concerned about, um, yeah, what this culture is for women, and I want to be an ally and assisting in in rising, um, rising the equality, rising to be a full partner, rising to, um, to be all of these positive things. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, but then how do I go about finding this other piece? And then that is a really hard bridge and it's not, it's not shown anywhere in society. It's not shown in culture. It's, it's very confusing. (laughs) very confusing it is Even for women i think looking for it it's like if a man would say how do i access this dark energy when i'm very much in my light it's like i don't know what to tell you i know what to tell you this is actually what i do for a living so um yeah we're gonna come see bell that's what you do we're going to switch into more of what we've experienced in terms of the balance, um, which in the heart cock matrix, we call the integrated man. So the integrated man has integrated both his light and his dark, and he's comfortable with both parts of him. So he doesn't have to pick and choose or excise, right? Cut off parts of him. Cause he's like, that's not acceptable. You know, it's not acceptable that I want to fuck. No, it is acceptable that you want to fuck. It doesn't mean that you go around raping people. That's not what I'm talking about. But your desire for it, that fire that you have is sacred. And so it's about integrating the different parts and then coming with all of your parts. And there is a way to do it. And there is a way to have it be um, feel safe, right? There's a way for your desire to feel safe. And, you know, one of the things we talk about a lot in in our program, something I hear from my clients a lot is like, well, do I have to like tell her like, I'm interested in your body and I really want to have sex with you. And I'm like, no, you don't have to say that out loud, but you have to feel it in your body. You have to be willing to feel it in your body. That's it. We can pick it up. (laughs) We're actually really perceptive. So it's not, you know, it's not an outsized thing that you have to learn how to do. It's actually very doable. And I guess that's the part that I kind of want to emphasize in this section is, I know this is possible for men to do because I see men do it in my practice all the time. And not just on one side or the other. I would say that we primarily do work with nice guys who are claiming their power and who are moving more into that that part of themselves. But we do also work with men who don't have a problem pulling women. Um, that's a British term. I forget what we say in American English. Um attracting women. We we work with men who don't have a problem attracting women and starting relationships, but they tend to have issues continuing relationships, right? We work with both archetypes and, and this works in both scenarios, right? Of We help men open their hearts, but we also help men claim their power. So we, we talked about balding men. 
I, I want to bring up a really powerful, bald guy, which is Dwayne Johnson, who's one of the men that we use in our program as an, an example of the healthy masculine, right? Dwayne Johnson, aka The Rock, is uh, just such a wonderful man. I, I mean, we've seen him in movies and everything, but if you go on his social media, he is a vocal, um, like, he loves his kids. He loves his woman. He's very, he's passionate about what he does. You know, he brings that fire. He brings that desire. He brings that life force and wildness. And he brings so much heart at the same time too, right? He brings both. Like he is rocking both. I think uh, we, we also talked about um, Barack Obama as someone who has like, yeah, he's got drive. He's got force. He's got momentum. And he's got a lot of compassion. He's got a lot of heart. He's got He's got that both thing going on. And, you know, we were, Sarah, you were like, I don't even know what to tell you. Like, where do you even start? How do you go about that process of claiming power or getting comfortable? One thing that's come up recently in our work is um, recommending partner dance to men and specifically um, sexy partner dance, right? So salsa, bachata, um, lambala, kizomba, um, the more sultry, like hip based, right? Like I'm down in my hips. Like this is, this is where, this is what we're doing here. And, and that is a safe place where you can go and be in that energy and be in that desire, sort of fire desire, you know, primal place and play with those energies in a safe way. It's like, that's what we're doing here. Right? That's part of why many people, men and women and non-binary folks go to those events is to feel that energy is to be in that, to feel the music and the, you know, like, yeah, like I want that. Like I want to express that part of myself and be in relationship, meaning like be, be relational with others in that, in that place. That's part of the fun of partner dance is, you know, you might not be my forever partner, but like we get to exchange a little heat here. Like we get to be kind of sexy together. And I know that, um, Nance is very much involved in this uh, this dance situation that I'm talking about. But I think there are practices, there are ways. This is doable. I guess that's what I want to say for any of the men listening. This is not impossible. You can do this. And I feel like often what I see in clients is that they're they're focused on the wrong things. Meaning they're like, okay, how do I improve my dating profile? Why am I not getting second dates? Like, and so they're they're focused on like the what. Like, what am I saying? Which apps am I on? Like, where am I going? That kind of thing. Instead of like, no, this is partly about claiming your sexual power and really, in, you know, claiming, reclaiming that basically, because it was probably taken away from you. You probably had few people in your life, not just society and culture, although that that is a huge, you know, situation as well. But you probably had maybe some women caregivers who were like, don't be like your father, right? Or somehow we're shaming sexuality out of you. And so it's no wonder that you've gotten to this place, but it can be so frustrating when I imagine being a man. I'm like, to your point, Sarah, I'm like, how the fuck do I do this? Like, I don't understand how I actually do this both thing. Like, I, like I'm just working on safe right now. Like, I just want to be safe and have women feel comfortable and respected around me. I don't understand how I do that and also incorporate this other thing. So I guess I just wanted to say, one of the ways is finding role models. And another way is like really getting into your body and really getting, you know, reclaiming your power in all of these different ways. And 
getting the right mentorship. There's a lot of different, different things, but I think that it is one of the most inspiring things that I witness is that transformation of a man claiming his power. And I'm actually thinking about one of our clients who, um, when he, when he came, when he showed up, I think he perfectly embodied the, um, the nice guy archetype. And I remember he was describing like this situation with this woman that he was seeing. And it was so clear that he was, he was very much he was very passive, right? He would ask permission for everything in their relating. They didn't live together or anything. They were just dating, but he felt really disempowered. Like she had all the power. She was making all the decisions. Um, it was kind of like, mommy, may I? Like, may I see you this weekend? Or just all of this, just, it didn't feel good, right? It didn't feel good. He didn't feel respected. It just didn't feel good. And through the work, after the after our work together, I think a month or two after he completed the program, he was just in a different place. He just, you could see it in his posture. Like his spine was actually straighter on the calls. You could, it was like he was taking up more space in the world. And I remember thinking, oh, it's just a matter of time for this guy. Like this motherfucker, like this, he's going to take like different photos, right? He's, his, who he was had shifted. And so I was like, yeah, you're going to take different photos and you're going to get on the apps and you're going to have a different experience. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> and then he met this woman and they think they moved across the country together. So I, I, I just want to say like, it is possible and it is inspiring. And what's really great for you men who have sex with women out there is the bar is so low, right? Like, I think that's part of what we're saying is that it's so rare to find a man with both. It's so fucking rare that you are going to stand out, right? It's going to be, it's going to be great. Um, so yeah, so I want to talk about a little about our own experiences of integrated men and what it's like to be around them. So this can be a man that you have dated, that you've been with, or that you've interacted with. It doesn't have to be someone that you've been, that you've been sexual with, but just your examples of that. Um, I can start. I have dated a man who I feel like is is more integrated. And um, one of the things that I noticed was um, it feels like this man is invested. This man is invested in our relationship, right? It's like he's really showing up even when it's hard. And the reason I bring that up is because I think that for me, when I think about the archetype of the fuckboy and the fuckboys that I have related with... They are not invested. As soon as it's hard, they're fucking out. There's no loyalty. There's no staying power. It's like they're afraid of their own emotions. So they cannot tolerate mine. There's just no space. So it's like exactly what Nancy said. It's like, I have to be the cool girl. I have to hold myself. I have to hold my heart. I can't share any of the difficult stuff. I can be sassy. I can poke. That's not the same thing though. But I have to hold myself. I don't have any help. I don't have any assistance. Like they are gone. And with this guy, it felt much more like, oh no, he's really here. Like he is really showing up for these difficult conversations. And even when it's gnarly, he's like still there, still there. I might not like how he's, what he's saying or like how he's saying it, but he's not dipping out because it got hard. He's like really present. And I feel like at the end of those conversations, I, I have felt his desire for me of like, I want to connect with you. Like, yeah, I want to have sex with you. Like not just, um, connect emotionally, but like, I feel close to you now and I want to do this with you. And so I felt like a completion energy. It was really beautiful. Like 
I think, yeah, that word integrated, like integration, it felt like, okay, we made it through some hard stuff together. And I really felt you um, trying to hold my heart. Even if you didn't do it perfectly, I could feel your desire to hold my heart and to show up for me and to be there with me in, in the hard stuff. And now I want to be, yeah, sexual with you. Like I want to be soft is the word that comes to mind of like be in that space of connection. And there's lots of different kinds of sex, right? Some of it is what we were talking about of like claiming and fire and like, you know, primal. And some of it is like, I really love you actually really love you. And I, and that gets me hard. Like I, I love you. I care about you. We made it through something hard and now I want to be soft with you. And that was really amazing to have that, the both experience of like, wow, I got to bring all of myself and my heart and you held it to the best of your ability. And we got to have sex after too. And there was just such a feeling of like the whole yin yang, like the whole ball. Like it was like, oh, this is the completion piece. And I think that's just one example of what's possible when both are present. Yeah, Queen, love it. Absolutely. (laughs) I dated someone about a decade ago. (laughs) Currently single. Uh, But I dated someone about a decade ago who to date is the love of my life. And he... He all the above. Like he, I could trust him. Similar, I mean, similar to your, your story, Mel. I could trust him. I could be myself. I could show him my jagged edges. And he would show up. He would show up. And you know, I was, I mean, I was in uni at the time and uh had a little bit of a more attitude than I have now, believe it or not. <laughs> but I would sometimes, you know, we would argue and I would storm off and you know I'm gonna talk to you and he would like show up at my doorstep and I trusted him to show up you know and I mean that we're not gonna get into all that that's a whole other episode to unpack but you know I could trust that he would show up and that he could see parts of me that I wasn't necessarily proud of right like my some of my angry parts and some of my um uh just um yeah just some of the parts that I didn't necessarily love about myself and he would still show up and we had fucking hot sex and this was like a two, this was we dated for 2 years and I can say until the very end that like this is the best sex that I've ever had with anybody and yeah and he just embodied you know he embodied that. He welcomed that. He he brought his fire, um, or cock energy, as as we're calling it on this episode. And um, really, as I as I'm listening to, you know, you ladies speak and just kind of reflecting on on it for myself, I really think you know you were talking earlier about examples of men who kind of pose this question of what should I say? Or like, how should I change my, you know, profile or what can I add or da, da, da. And it's really, it's, those are, that's very surface level. It's really at the essence, it's about embodying those parts of yourself, right? Embodying your own sexual energy, your embodying your feelings. Like it's, it's, it's a vibe. It's a vibe. It's not something like you do or you say, but it's really like 
getting in, looking internal, right? Getting internal. And when you, when men embody those parts of them, there's this sort of leadership that happens, right? Of because they do that for themselves, they're almost inviting us to also, as their partner in, we're talking about hetero relationships here, but when they embody those parts of the of the, themselves, they invite us to also do that as well. And I think, um, yeah, it really comes down to, that. I think that's a kind of portrayal of, of and demonstration of leadership, really. So. Sarah? Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to say something. Um, yeah, I have known, no, a couple of men that have really stepped up to the plate and been able to like bring all of the energies. But I, I feel like to kind of contrast what both of you have been talking about which is more like within a relationship um there was an experience that i had at a retreat so very short term um but i did a lot of deep diving into a lot of shadow work a lot of pain um and there was one man there that just showed up checked in on me um you know, wanted to hear more of my processing and, you know, didn't mind when I was crying and you could hardly understand me and like was really there for those moments. And then um, we did an exercise like two hours later. <laughs> um, like we had an experience together that was very hot and heavy and sexual and it was very much that feeling of like I'm here like I'm not turned off I'm really turned on by you by you, like your whole being so like being able to be there and hold space and be this like hot sexy energy um in a very short period of time and bringing me along and allowing me to be in that space where I can fully embrace both of the, or all of the energies within him, but also embrace all of those energies within me and just feeling hot and sexy and wet and completely turned on. And then the next morning, like flipping it back again and kind of like doing this dance with in all the energies. And it was hot. It was really hot and it felt good. There's something I'm noticing in this conversation about how healing this is. Really. I mean, how healing it truly is to have to be received in all of ourselves and to feel all of the other person too. Because what when I hear that story, I I can feel his heart and I can feel his cock. Like I can feel both parts of him. Like he showed up with his full self and that made space for you to be your full self. But there's something really, just really healing about that. Because I feel like in truth, you know, 
so many of us grew up in family systems where we weren't welcomed in our fullness. We weren't welcomed. Like there were parts of us that were welcome and there were parts of us that were not. This part of you is not acceptable. You are not allowed to be this way. And then we we sort of, I think, what's the word? Perpetuate that or we sort of re- repeat that sometimes in our adult lives if we're not doing the work. But when we are doing the work and we can actually bring in more then it's really healing. It's like we get to be the fullness. We get to be the full, the essence, really the authentic spectrum of who we are. We don't have to cut off certain parts of ourselves. So um, as we start to wrap here, I'm just curious. um, This is totally spontaneous. You don't have to answer, but I'm curious um, if you have a sense of, since, you know, I think we all have guy friends, Um, what do you think men are going to write in as their version of this pattern of their either, or either I can have a woman who's blank or a woman who's blank. I feel like the traditional one that I've always heard is that you can either have a slut or you can have a wife. So either you can have a sexy, radiant woman who's in touch with her sexuality and forward with it and excited about it and a yes to it, or you can have a dependable, reliable partner who doesn't bring that at all. Right. Okay. That, that sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I'll just add color to that more than add anything new. And which is to say, you know, I think it's very sort of, um, I guess, natural and visceral and, for men to think about, you know, who's going to be, who, who can I reproduce with? <laughs> I guess it's just human nature. Uh, but they think about, you know, who's going to be able to raise my children, right? Which is that the latter sort of example um, in in the example that Sarah, Sarah shared of like, do I choose the promiscuous wild woman or the woman who can actually raise my children and be dependable and whatever fill in the blank. This feels a lot like Donna horror complex, right? That a lot yeah, of exactly. Yeah. I remember once um, reaching out to a friend of mine who's a therapist. Cause I had a man come to us and he said, I definitely know that I have the Madonna horror complex. Like it's really hard for me to see my long-term committed partner in a sexy way. I, it's like, I can't do that. Like she's, she's my Madonna and that's it. And so I think this man had actually cheated because he was like, I want that need fulfilled. Like I need that need fulfilled, but I can't get it fulfilled here because it's too weird for me. And I reached out to my therapist friend and I said, how have you worked with the Madonna whore complex before? And she said, I haven't, it's too hard or something like really just like sort of shutting it down. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. It's just beyond me. (laughs) It's really funny at the time. Uh, I do think that can be worked with, but I just, I hear what you're saying. Um, and I, I, I'm curious. I am genuinely curious because I don't think I have a guess here. I'm not sure what men are going to say. I, I think there might be different versions, but please, like we've said, please get in touch. What is your either or? I can either have a woman or a relationship where I'm blank or I'm blank. Um, yeah. 
would love to hear from you. Dearmanpodcast at gmail.com. And if you were intrigued by the concept of coaching, and if you have identified yourself as one of these archetypes and you would like to become an integrated man and work with us on that, you can always go to evolutionary.men slash apply.